It took a while to get up here. We started out around 1959. Then we took a hard left in East Africa. A right at Baja. A 180 in the empty quarter. And that 65 degree incline at Hell's Revenge. A few million miles later, and voila. But we didn't do all that just to get here. We did it to give you a truck that'll take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. This is Lloyd Minster's show. This is local that matters to you. Local people. Local events. Local news and sports. For Lloyd Minster and area, this is Live with Kurt Price from the new Lloyd Minster Nissan. Hey, great to have you joining us here at the Canadian Brew House in Lloydminster, where uh, we're going to be talking sports tonight, all things sports. Mayor Gerald Alber is going to be joining us. My co-host is Greg Bucky Buchanan, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, Bucky ordered the bacon jalapeno follow-ups. Oh, yeah, they're good. I've had the tacos already because, of course, it's Taco Tuesday here yeah. at the Canadian Brew House. And let me tell you, these soft chicken tacos, so, so good. But we're to see if we could stain that shirt tonight with those bacon jalapeno poppers and you know what if you haven't taken a guess yet on name that stain well it's time to show you what you are missing let's have a look at that stain for this week and now the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan unproudly presents name that stain 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 so there it is. Take a look at the stain. <laughs> Tell us on the oh. new Lloyd Mr. Nissan Facebook page where he was when he got that stain and what he was eating. You could win lunch for two. Do, do I give at hints the new at Lloyd all? Mr. Do I, give hints, do I give a hint at all? What? Do I give hints at all? No, no hints needed. I, I think actually somebody might have got it already. This contest that we started a few weeks ago. Name you, that stain. Yeah, name that stain. Kurt comes to me, go, hey, we're going to do this contest, or actually, Jeremy. Jeremy's Jeremy, idea. yeah, thank, thanks, Jeremy. Uh, he came out and says, hey, we're going to have this contest. Name that stain with you, Buck. And it's like, oh, nobody's going to answer. Everybody's going to, oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> then I have people that actually come up to me and say, Buck, where are you going for lunch today? Why? You're going to buy me lunch? No, we want to watch to see what you're eating. <laughs> so I got people following me. Uh, by the way, uh, Sean Hill, week one winner. Week one winner was Sean Hill. Joined me for lunch earlier today at the New Lloydminster Nissan Exhibition Grill. And I noticed there's no stain. No, I was good. Actually, we shouldn't say that because we haven't really looked yet. I'm sure we'll find one. And I'm sure you're going to get one here tonight at the Canadian well, Brew House. Keep, and keep, it keep is in mind, too, I have... Uh, thank you so much. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Look at the service here. Um, but it yeah, is this great week, to be this week, here. This week, CPCA... In Onion Lake, stop number four of the Gold Circle Network, CPCA Pro Tour, five days of racing there. So just saying, there's a lot of food there in Onion Lake. You're looking at Bannock. You're looking at cheeseburgers. You're looking at Chinese food, actually, too, there. So there could be a mix of so many different things on my shirt. Just saying. I, you mentioned our waitress. She asked you if you wanted your bacon crispy. 
like that is awesome. So here at the Canadian Brew House, it's Taco Tuesday. I had the tacos. Uh, Paulie had the steak bites. You can't go wrong at the brew house here uh, in Lloydminster tonight. And you can't go wrong joining us because from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Jorgen Hoos is going to be joining us. He is the long snapper for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and a very good friend of yeah, the show. Long-time friend, yeah. Long-time friend of the shows. And speaking of long-time friends of the show, Pete Lubardius is going to be joining us. And we'll talk to Pete about the mass exodus happening a, in Calgary, a, which a little bit took place today already. Yeah. Since we talked to Pete, uh, Tyler Toffoli has been traded. And then we got Mayor Gerald Albers in. Huge announcement today, if you haven't heard yet. $5 million from Synovus to name Lloydminster Place. We can forget about that stupid Lloydminster Place name now. It will now be called the Synovus Energy Hub. You know what? They probably had a lot of meetings at City Hall. Okay, we're going to have to have, call it something, at least for the time being. Probably about four or five meetings later, they came up with the name Lloydminster Place. And I just called it dumb. <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm really, like, Synovus, not only, here's why I'm excited about this. Not only yep. did Synovus donate $5 million, which, by the way, I asked... And they said it's the biggest contribution they've ever given to a single project community was. Yeah. $5 million from Synovus. That's amazing. So they get to call it the Synovus Energy Hub. But the other thing that happens here Come by is with their that right now, the too. CEO, John McKenzie, says, he Thank comes so on much. and Thank says, you. it will be decades and decades of giving to come in Lloydminster oh, awesome. area. That's awesome. Because we're not going anywhere. Like... Like, to me, that's a shot, a little bit of shot across the bow here. Um, what do you think of what's happening today with uh, all the trades in the NHL? If you haven't heard, Dubois goes to yeah. L.A. for IFLO. Um, Velarde was yeah, part yeah, of that yeah, yeah. as well. There's a draft pick and uh, another young player uh, going. But the Jets uh, clear out Dubois, and then Dubois signs an eight-year deal. Yeah, he goes to L.A., and they were talking about this for a while. Uh, so I don't think that's a big surprise. Uh, you got the NHL draft tomorrow. Connor Bedard goes number one. We didn't mention uh, Taylor Hall uh, going to Chicago a couple days ago. Uh, they need somebody to play with Bedard. There's Taylor Hall. Uh, I, I, you usually see deals on draft day. You usually see deals the night before, and you're going to see probably more tonight. New Hook goes to Montreal, yeah. so there's been a lot. Kevin Hayes goes to uh, St. Louis for like a six-round pick. So and I don't think the Jets out. are done yet. No, they got a no, few more guys. No, the they got Sifley, they got Wheeler, they got Hollaback and Net. There, there's going to be, as much as we talk about the exodus out of Calgary, that's going to happen in Winnipeg, too. Yeah, and, it, like, and, and we're going to ask Pete about this. We're, we're going to ask him if it's a Canadian thing. Oh. And you may be surprised at his answer. He, he ranted it a little bit. Yeah, he, he got into <laughs> rants. I love he got Pete. Into yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let us tell you about BioClean Disaster Services for disaster help. Call BioClean Disaster Services. Uh, they can help with water damage. They can help with fire. Now that's the main thing you think of when you think of a disaster and needing help. But they can also help with drug cleanup, asbestos. Uh, they can help with a whole lot of things that might happen to your property. And when you talk to people who have used BioClean Disaster Services, they will tell you a lot of great things about BioClean Disaster Services. And the number one thing you hear is they kept us up to date. We wanted to know, how are things going? How is it going? Is the progress coming the way we thought it would come? They do that. They keep you up to date. And you're dealing with a local company called the Master of Disaster. Jody and Sharon are local. You know them and you know the company. BioClean Disaster Services, 1-833-246-8300. 
26. Okay, and before we toss into Jorgen Hoos here, uh, right off the top of the show, CFL, we're three weeks in. What's your take on everything? I, I know BC surprises me. I don't know if they caught Winnipeg in a, in a bad week. Uh, Bo Levi, if you're a Ryder fan, you got to be happy they didn't sign him because he goes to Hamilton. He's gone for was it six games. Uh, Ottawa can't find their well, way. And, and Hamilton, Hamilton had a Elster. lot of free agent signings, yeah. not just Bo Levi. No, Mitchell. no, they loaded they up. They spent a lot of money, yeah. so for them to be 0-3 is huge. Uh, Edmonton Elks. Now, here's the thing wow. with Edmonton, because they're really bad right oh, now. They're horrible. They're, they're, uh, do you think they're going to beat Ottawa? <laughs> you know what? I... I don't know. I, I, and, and Ottawa doesn't really have a starting quarterback. Here's the thing. As a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan, you love to see the Elks struggle, struggle yeah. on the field. But the problem is you can't even really enjoy it that much because there's so there's no, nobody at the games. No. Like, you look at no. that game on Sunday, it's like... Like, I saw somebody tweet, there's a grand total of 86 people at the game. Like, it really was empty seats. Like, yeah. it looked like Baltimore from well, 2019 in the, in the, the, in the stands and in honestly, the, in the, for the Orioles. And honestly, if, if empty you, seats everywhere. If you look at Edmonton, and there's also reports coming out that Calgary is not doing very well, too, for attendance. They had they have one of the lowest attendance in 25 years at McMahon Stadium. And there's a few knocks against Calgary. Uh, there's so much stuff going on for your entertainment dollar in Calgary. It's hard to compete. The other problem is that's an aging, aging stadium. I have friends that have season tickets, and they say it's horrible. They've been to other ballparks. They've been to Regina. They've been in Winnipeg, and they come home to Calgary to go to a Stampeders home game. It's almost embarrassing how bad that stadium is. You know, uh, for the Elks, Jarrett Daggy didn't look too bad to me. No. He got belted there but made that throw. Should have been picked off, but he looks like a gamer but, to but me. But look at the receivers the Elks but have. You're, but you like Cornelius. Oh, I, I, I do to a certain extent, I, and I, I don't understand why Jonesy pulled him after the first half because his numbers weren't horrible considering the way he played at the start of the season. They weren't horrible. I was shocked they got pulled at halftime. But they have, I think what they did in Edmonton, let's get all these great receivers. But who's going to throw him the ball? That's a question they don't have right now. Let's, uh, let's, let's check in with Jorgen Hoos here. And, uh, and and we'll maybe ask him who's who's going to win between Edmonton and <laughs> and Ottawa. But uh, recorded earlier today, long snapper Jorgen Hoos from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on the Tuesday Night Sports Show from the Canadian Brew House. It's more than just taxes at LNA CPA. Assurance, accounting, retirement planning, estate planning, business consulting, financial consulting farm program support and bookkeeping but yes there is always taxes the team at lna cpa is committed to helping you achieve your best results and will be there to assist you every step of the way lna cpa with offices in provost vermilion and lloydminster welcome back and we are pleased to have with us from the saskatchewan rough riders long snapper jorgen Hoos is joining us, and uh, it is great to see Jorgen. We've had him on the program when we were uh, strictly radio. Now we got the podcast going. We can actually uh, see Jorgen, and and uh, it is great to have you back, sir. Thanks for doing this, and uh, what a great start to the season. Awesome. No, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, super good start to the season. Obviously, we would like to get that Winnipeg win, but uh, they know we're a good team, and uh, we're going to bring it next time. But uh, two and one, we're happy. Good win in Calgary, and uh, 
you know, I'm I'm pretty excited for what the future holds for this team. We got we got a really good group of guys. So what what a difference a week off and a bye week is when you have a win going into it, isn't it? Oh, big time! Yeah, like when you when you go into a bye after a win, you can enjoy it, you can relax. Uh, if you go into a bye coming off a loss, you just you know you're thinking of things, uh, thinking you should be working out. You kind of got that guilt on your mind the whole time, so it's much more enjoyable and easier to relax coming off a win for sure. What What's the mindset of the team right now? Because uh, you went through Cody last year. Cody's in Montreal now. You bring in Trevor Harris and, and a lot of new bodies, especially in offense. How has that changed in the room? Uh, you know what? I think they're clicking a lot better than I thought they would. I mean, there's like you said, there's a lot of new pieces there, a new OC, but I think uh, Jeffrey's done a good job, a great job of uh, keeping things simple and just letting the guys play fast. And then you got a veteran quarterback like Trevor who's seen it all. You're not going to fool them. They work together. It's like a, it's a, like almost like a marriage with those two, which is how it has to be uh, to have success, I believe. So, um, you know, what they've done is, is, is awesome. I mean, in that first game, I think he threw for 428. So, um, you know, we're, more good things to come from him for sure. And uh, the old line's playing great. And, and we've got lots of depth everywhere, which has been, uh, which has been awesome. It hasn't been the case in the past. You know, when we've had a guy go down, it's kind of like, you know, shoot, what, you know, what's going to happen. And now, now you're excited for the next guy up. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty cool situation. So hopefully we can just keep building. And one thing you noticed, especially the win on the weekend against Calgary, uh, you know, the passing game is going to be there with Trevor, but the running game has all of a sudden, and the running game is the one that kind of helped win that game late in the game. Yeah, totally. J-Mo has always got a way late in the game of just kind of taking over and that O-line getting pushed and uh, they're all just a bunch of beauties and nobody else I'd rather, uh, you know, play with and be beside and uh, than those guys, they're, they're a great group. So, uh, Craig has really emphasized uh, that he wants to see a more disciplined team this year. How was that addressed in training camp? Like right from the start, like how did you guys look at that? Did, did you know coming in that was going to be something that had to change? Likely you did, but how does he address that in the, in training camp? Yeah, great question. I know that was a lot of the talk last year. And, you know, quite frankly, it started at exit meetings at the end of last season, you know, and I know a lot of uh, us vets, uh, including myself, you know, we, we talked about how that was our biggest issue and kind of what was holding us back. And I thought Coach Dickey and management addressed the situation head on. And, uh, you know, it's got a lot to do with just who you have in the room, too. And, and we just got such a, you know, good group of guys um, that, you know, I think it's going to take care of itself. So, um, you know, we, you know, don't have to talk a whole lot about it because I believe we got the right guys in the locker room. So, does that, does that uh, start with Trevor Harrison with, with the leadership that he brings? It does. Yeah, it starts with the with the leaders, your quarterback, of course. Um, and he's a, he's a real good leader, proven, been there, done that. Uh, awesome guy. Can't say enough good things about him. But then also, you know, on defense, Larry Dean, like that is I, I don't want anyone else playing linebacker but him and leading the defense. Like he he's the man and uh, he's got the locker room's respect. Whenever he talks, people listen. Um, he's exactly what you want. So we got leaders all over the team. And uh, just a bunch of good people, good personalities. Like it's, I haven't been on a team with this many good people before. And uh, so that's, that's why I'm excited. You know, that game in Calgary was tight, came down to the wire. Teams that don't stick together, you know, you don't come out on top in those games. So um, I'm excited. I think we got the talent, we got the depth, and we got just the right people, good personalities. And that's not, you know, something everyone knows quite yet, but it's, it's going to show. Well, let me ask you this about the overtime. What's the old ticker doing? in uh in overtime like like we we overtime happens so often in in hockey but in football it's so rare what's it like going into an overtime like that 
Yeah, well, I mean, it was crazy. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, gosh, we could have won this game in so many different ways. Uh, we, we didn't, we could have avoided overtime, guys. Like, we didn't need that to happen, but uh, whatever, we got there. You know, it's the CFL. That's why we love it. It's an exciting game, double overtime, whatever. Marshall picks that thing off in the end zone, and it's just like, it was the best feeling ever. I, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like watching on TV. It would have just been crazy. Hey, I'm driving down the highway, and I was nerve-wracked for me, too. Uh, I, I got to ask you, too, because, it, you, you know, you're from Saskatchewan, so, you know, uh, there's so much – you know, focus on the riders and, and through uh, talk-in show, uh, phone-in shows on the different radio stations. And Brett's kind of struggled a bit. Uh, Louders uh, missed a point after, missed a field goal. And of course, in the open line talk shows, don't listen to him, Jorgen, because sometimes he might get upset. But uh, maybe just talk about the struggle. And, and more than anything, they kind of related to the fact that he's got a, a new holder. Uh, maybe tell the, the viewing audience how much that is could be a factor for him as well. It could be a factor for somebody, but in this case, you know, Brett's just going through something and you know what, he's, he's going to get on track. He's, he's completely fine. He's one of the most mentally strongest players I've ever been with, let alone kickers. Um, so he's going to be fine. I know whenever it counts, he always makes it. So in the end, over time, he made those kicks. Um, I'm not too worried about him early in the game, early in the season. You know, I, I think the stars are going to line up. It's a long season. He's getting this out of the way now. Uh, the holding's fine. Uh, Adam's a great holder, and Brett would tell you the same thing. Um, I mean, he's the Ray Guy Award winner. He's a great punter, great holder. He cares. Uh, he puts the work in. Um, we're we're going to be just fine. Yeah, Brett's with top three kickers in the entire league, so I mean, you're yeah. top three. Uh, that's not too bad at all. And there's, still, there's nobody else I'd rather have kicking than, than him. He's got the leg, uh, and when it counts, he always comes through. Do you look, as a player, do you look at the, what the other teams are doing? Do you watch some games on a given night and you see what BC's doing right now? BC looks pretty good. The Elks are, you know, not very good. But uh, you guys have a shot here, uh, you know, Winnipeg in front of you, but you have a shot to, to be one or two in the West. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I can see it coming down to us in Winnipeg. I think, yeah, BC's playing well. Uh, you know, we'll see. It's a long season, I think. You know, Winnipeg was pretty beat up after that game. We played each other in. I mean, we lost like, I think it was like 10 guys in that game. So, um, you know, we were both pretty beat up. So uh, who knows? We'll see. I mean, BC looks good. Um, right now it's us three. And then, you know, Calgary and then Edmonton, obviously. So will you watch any football on the break here? Uh, I will. Yeah. I don't know when is the next game. Don't yeah, watch it. Weekend. Don't watch it. It's the Elks in Ottawa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I probably won't tune in for that. <laughs> hey, you played for Jonesy, and, and there's a lot of pressure on him in Edmonton now. And I don't know if there's really a lot. Like He's not going to go anywhere. They're not going to fire. They're going to keep him, and they're going to get through whatever. But you saw what he did with the quarterbacks on the weekend. And, and he, one quarterback went in there, took one snap, fumbled the ball, and he's on the sidelines not talking to anybody. Uh what kind of personality is Jonesy when you're going through that? Yeah, well, one thing about him is he's going to get it right. I mean, he will turn it around. He'll he'll do whatever he has to to do that. But he's the kind of guy that he won't settle, and he'll he'll change, go through the roster as much as he needs to uh, to get it right. And I remember when he took over here. I remember that first day he was here. I we I think he released like 40 guys, and I'm going through the roster. And I'm seeing Dressler. Okay, yeah, Rob. Okay, wow. Oh, big some big names. John Chick. All these guys were being released. I was just waiting for my name. I'm like, if these guys aren't safe, there's no way in heck I'm safe. So, yeah, he completely flipped our roster, but it, he turned it around within a couple of years. You know, uh, we went to the East final and then we, a couple of West finals in a row. So he'll, he'll turn it around. Um, how many 
guys he has to go through to, to get to that point. I don't know, but um, I think it would be a mistake to get rid of him. And he treats the guys really well, too. Like, he's a player's coach. Um, he takes care of you. So the losing streak at the end of last year, and then this year you start with two big wins in Alberta over West Rivals. I'm wondering if you can feel it in Regina, if you can feel it walking around, the momentum that builds when the Saskatchewan Roughriders win. Yeah, no, a little bit for sure. Um, it's it's definitely starting to build, but I honestly don't feel like people know quite what the team we got yet. Um, I'm really excited. We got depth at every position. Uh, we're going to get this injury bug out of us early. You know, we're going to get on a streak and uh, we're going to make some noise this year. For yourself, and we can talk about yourself, and you're a busy guy. Like just before this interview, we talked about the bye week and that you're, you're a mortgage broker on top of it. Uh, how do you balance that? And also, you have practice once a day. You play on weekends or during the week. How do you balance being a professional football player and a mortgage broker? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Some days, some weeks, I don't know how I do it. Um, you know, I take the work as it comes in, so it has its ups and downs. But, uh, you know, I start the day. I get up pretty early, get my emails and stuff out of the way, and then I'm at the facility by 7 o'clock. Um, and then at that point, I'm kind of just waiting for things to come back anyway um, on the mortgage side. So, you know, that's when I do practice and workouts. And, you know, we're done by 1.30, 2 o'clock. So then I got the rest of the afternoon and, you know, parts of the evening to to work on whatever else I need to catch up on. So the nice thing about mortgage broking is you you choose your own hours. You can work whenever you just, you know, got to get it yeah. done. Kind of thing, do, so. do, your, do your clients know what you do in your other living? Like all of a sudden, yeah, I, I won't be around here because, uh, yeah, I'm playing in Toronto or wherever. I'm snapping a ball and have these great big guys chasing me. Yeah, yeah, I won't be available for the next three hours, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, some do. I, I, I usually don't bring it up, but, uh, some people ask, um, and then we talk about it, but, uh, it does, doesn't come up all the time, but, uh, sometimes it does. And, and we're friends on Facebook and I know you're, you're getting into the cooking thing, aren't you? You got a, yeah. you got a smoker, you're doing a, how, how successful are, are you at that? Are you good enough though, to be able to cook and bring linemen in to eat? Because you have some Southern boys there that they like their barbecue and they like it a certain way. Can you do it? Yeah, well, I, I did him one better last year. I actually cooked and I brought it to the stadium for him. So I would, O-line would have their O-line nights and uh, Dan Clark would spearhead that and he'd have everyone in the meeting room at the stadium for a, for a movie night. And they'd usually, you know, on like a, you know, Wednesday or Thursday kind of thing. And then I would cook up brisket or pulled pork, uh, did beef ribs one time, whatever. And then I bring it over for him. So um yeah, last year was fun. We did a lot of that. And I enjoy having the teammates over. And it's it's such a good, you know, way to, you know, kill some time on an off day, you know, have a beer on the patio and smoke something and um, have some brisket and just hang out, get the team together. It's uh, it's great. Oh, beef ribs. We had, we had pork ribs on Saturday before the game. So if you're getting ready for a big game, what are you smoking? What's your go-to? Tomahawk steak, reverse seared, sure. And then I sear it up right at the end over the coals. It's it's my favorite go-to for sure. How many ounces? Uh, whatever they got, and it depends, I guess, if the wife's in town. Um, but uh, yeah, usually they're pretty big. What, you live, you live what, in what Regina, do you, what do you, right? Wait, wait a minute. What do you mean yeah, no, it no, depends no. if the wife is in town? <laughs> well, so we'll split one. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> or right. I do one myself <laughs> that I usually go. <laughs> okay. All right. I thought maybe like oh like uh, no she's allowing me to have it sort of thing so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of new players in the Riders and I got to ask you this because a lot of new guys that are just kind of getting introduced to the fan base getting introduced to the media of all the new guys who's a bit of a character that uh, you know what people may not even realize how funny this guy is 
Um, well, I got to say our, our new punter, Adam Corsack, he's, he's pretty funny. Um, he's got lots of cool stories from playing at Rutgers and with Greg Schiano and all those guys. He's got some crazy stories. Um, funny guy. Um, we've got a lot of beauties on the team. Jake Dolgala, of course, he's one of my favorite people. Um, Mitch Picton. Um, I'm trying to think of all the new guys though. Um, I don't know if there's a handful of them. Well, hard, and, hard and you mentioned what a kicker. Like, boy, does he have a leg. Do you, oh, that's incredible. Do you, is that who you hang around with on the team mostly as the kickers then? Yeah, definitely Brett and, and Adam and, and Corey uh, Vedbeck. Um, yeah, usually. And then and then whoever else wants to come over for barbecue can come over. But, so you live, in, you live in Regina, right? So I'm coming in September. So a little bit of brisket then? You let me know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. It'll be crunch time in September. You'll have an excuse, Jorgen. We <laughs> yeah, want to thank you for your time. Oh, anytime. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. We want to thank Jorgen Hoos for joining us, especially on the bye week here uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now we have Pete Lubardi is coming up to talk a little bit of hockey. And speaking of hockey, Buck, Lloyd, Mr. Bobcats are looking for a new head coach. Nigel Dubé is going to be a general manager and only a general manager. So I asked him today about Jeff Wojcicki because that's you and I thought yeah, yeah. when they when Jeff came on board a little while ago, we thought, you know, yeah. this is this is this natural is, for this him. Is a yeah. Natural fit. Yeah, yeah. Jeff would like to stay. He said in Lloydminster, but work more on the development side. So yeah. he's he's going to take that path. Instead of instead of going down the road of a head coach, it, it, trust me, there's not going to be a lack of applicants for the job, and a job like that comes open in junior A hockey. You'll have applicants from right across the country and probably from the U.S. You, you look at Bonneville when they were looking for an applicants, they hired a fellow out of Quebec. So don't be surprised if you it kind of goes off the radar that who comes in as an ex head coach. And you know what, Nigel's done a great job of building up this franchise. Now he's going to kind of sit back and be off the bench and look more concentrating on the hockey operations as well as the business operations of this club. So that's great to see. And in two years, those Bobcats will be playing in a brand new arena. A huge announcement today from Synovus Energy, who claim the naming rights and make the biggest contribution in Lloydminster history and in their history. And Mayor Gerald Albers will join us after this here at the Canadian Brewhouse to talk about this huge contribution and this huge day. At Jason Arden Associates Cooperators, we're proud to be a top-rated local insurance company that offers flexible solutions and expert advice for all your insurance and investment needs. We'll work with you to tailor your insurance specific to your needs, and we offer investment advice that always puts you first. At Cooperators, one of our core values is to support the communities we live in. When you support Jason Arden and Associates Cooperators, you are supporting local nonprofits and initiatives. Since 2020, we have donated 60000 to local nonprofits, youth sponsorships, and various special projects. When was the last time your insurance company did that? We're back here at the Canadian Brewers for Taco Tuesday, the Tuesday night sports show. Uh, you can enjoy uh, nice tacos here as I did, or there's jalapeno poppers, which Bucky ate. And I got like two glasses of ginger ale. The but... last thing in the world Bucky needs is bacon, but he ordered lots of it. And... Uh, we want to tell you about Superior Water. They're another big supporter of ours. Superior Water specializes in nothing but water, and with over 22 years in the business, they're proud and confident that their water and their service is 
is superior. I'll vouch for them. It is. For iron filters, water softeners, reverse osmosis systems, distillers, chlorine removal, and H2S odor removal, give Superior Water a call at 780-875-6636. They're right beside Sheepskin Loft, and uh, they're open on Sundays, and they're also open at a second location, their coin-operated location, right beside 7-Eleven on Highway 17 South. Mayor Gerald Albers joining us today, and uh, we really appreciate that the mayor has taken some time to join us because they just announced at 4 o'clock today, Synovus Energy with a huge $5 million commitment, a huge barbecue happening at Bud Miller, which hundreds of people turned out to, Gerald. Absolutely, hundreds of people. And you snuck away to be here. We really appreciate that. Well, thanks for the invitation. Yeah, it was great. It's just, you know, what a great day for Lloyd Minster. Thank you so much to Synovus Energy. Thank you for stepping up. Um, so uh, just to clear the air, there was $5 million committed by Synovus today, $3 million towards the actual build, and $2 million towards programming going forward with the new facility. So that's, that's huge, absolutely huge. And it really kicks off the fundraising drive that you're going to hear a lot more about in the community. It's sort of been sitting idle. We were kind of waiting on nailing this down, and uh, we were able to get it all together. Thank you to the committee. Thank you to the staff and administration at City Hall. And again, thank you to Sonovas. This is just a, it's a great day for Lloyd Minster. Now, I heard this mentioned. Uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but, so I'll ask. It, it was, Sonovas contributed more than they were even asked to contribute for the naming rights. Some of the original discussions, it was a smaller amount, and certainly we appreciate them stepping forward. I think this really de- indicates the, the commitment that Sonovas has to our city, to the life of their employees, their contractors, and the entire community. Because they realize, as we in the discussions, the value after you're done work, what do you do in, the, in any community? It doesn't matter what city or town you're in, you've got to have some activities afterwards. People want to be drawn to a community. And this is one of those draws to our community that just elevated us dramatically. You, you, the Civic Center's been around since 1967. It, it, you know, some, some great events happen in that facility, but at the same time, it's a, it's a facility built in 1967, so it needs to be replaced. So building this and, and building up to where you are today, it's been years in the works, and, and salute to you, Gerald, because I know you did a lot of politicking behind the scenes. You had a, a lot of closed-door meetings with some people that are very influential, both in Alberta and Saskatchewan. So for yourself, even personally, and, and for council, today's got to feel very good. It does, and I'll say that we're not done politicking yet. We still have another partner to, to get to the table, and that's the government of Alberta. We've certainly been working very closely with our MLA, Garth Rosewell, and uh, conversations, and those will commence again next weekend uh, in a week when I head off to Calgary to meet with some folks from the government. And, uh, yeah, they'll know that Lloyd Minster exists. We're out here. Uh, we're on the, energy, the edge of the energy belt. Uh, we make a very good corner of it. And, uh, you know, the, the refinery uh, is an important part of the economy of Alberta. And we'll be bringing that to the government's attention, as well as corporate, because they often wonder where the corporate world is, where are we at for fundraising. But we also ask them to take a, a piece of the pie, as they have in other projects. So we've got some work ahead of us yet. It's not uh, work to be done. Did I hear 40%? 
of, of what the fundraising goal is. Sonova's just filled in 40%. 40%. So, you know, that's 60% is the, the bigger piece, but I truly believe you're going to see the committee uh, and a group of dedicated people leading a charge, working with individuals that say, hey, I love that idea yeah. of this project. I'd like to get involved with it. There's going to be a request for people to individually donate because here's the opportunity to, for you to, to make a contribution. And as we were standing there making the announcement today, it was kind of interesting being in front of the BioClean Aquatic Centre right uh, beside us. You know, that was built with community support. We go to the Service Sports Centre, that was built with community support. You look around, every facility when we get into recreation and culture, the Vic Juba, community support. So this is no different than any other project the city's taken on in the past, and I'm sure it will continue to happen in the future. Sonovus jumps on board today. Are you hoping that more, more companies are going to see that, not just in Lloydminster, but maybe companies that do work around the Lloydminster area that can benefit from this? Absolutely. I, uh, we'll be reaching out to communities, uh, companies, uh, because it is important. We know that there's other companies that, uh, be it south, north, east, and west of us, their employees enjoy our facilities for Christmas parties. Their employees may live in the city. Uh, they may not have their base of operations right in Lloydminster, but they've got people connected to Lloydminster. They see the value. And uh, again, people are, are going to be drawn from a long distance to see the acts that will be coming in. We know when we had Pinties at the Centennial Civic Centre, we sold it out basically every draw, right? That's what they loved about it. The only challenge was the ceiling was too low to get a full picture of the circle. And they said, we, until you find a different venue, we can't come back. And here we are now. We'll be able to offer, offer Pinty's Grand Slam of Curling, a premier event facility in Western Canada. And we know that the volunteers are here, the customers are here, the people in the seats will be here. So it's just a good win for everybody. I just want to go back to Sonovas for a minute, Gerald, and how did those conversations start with Sonovas? Did they approach the city? Did did the city approach Sonovas? Were they the first choice for a naming, you know, for naming the, the building? So um, without, uh, we basically looked at a few different companies and groups that might be interested in taking on something like this because there's going to come with a price tag as we go. And Sonovas was uh, one of the first to say, yeah, we want to sit down and have some conversations. And we wanted to make sure that it wasn't just one company. We did reach out to a few companies and businesses, but I can appreciate the magnitude that you know Sonova stepped up to. It, it's they they've, they've really made a, st a step. But it's, once we had that first initial conversation, they said they were interested in being in. There's been steady conversations back and forth, trying to understand what they're looking for. Because when you put your name on something, and what do they want to see in the community, and how do they want to play a part of it? Um, I want to ask about, there, there's been some opposition to the arena. There's been some people worried about the price tag, but now you have the federal government on board for $16 million. Plus. You, you, plus, yeah, you've got the Saskatchewan government on board. You've, you've filled in a big gap here with $50 million, now another $5 million from uh, Synovus. Is this, is the, do you feel like today with the amount of people that came out for the barbecue, that people are realizing this is this is a community project now and they're getting behind it and, and are you feel do you feel that in the community because I know there was a lot of people that were against it right when, when they thought hey this is going to increase our 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 taxes by 18% some people were saying do you feel like 
this is something the community has gotten behind now? I think the, the community will get, has gotten behind and will continue to get behind. I know there's people, I was talking to people again today, they were concerned about the price tag. They're still concerned. I am concerned about the price tag. I, I, we haven't, this is the biggest project this city's ever tackled. We thought the wastewater treatment plant was the big one when we got this laid on us seven years ago when I, I first got elected with the council today. And then all of a sudden, holy, here we go, and now we need to build an event place and replace the Civic Center. And the, the dollars just keep getting bigger. And that's one of the challenges, but in the same token, uh, having people like the governments of Canada and Saskatchewan step up, having conversations with the government of Alberta, Sonova saying, hey, we want to be part of this. We want to put our name on this facility and we want to be proud to be a part of your community and really show up from that perspective will lead to others. So there will always be those that are concerned and I appreciate that. I think every member of council appreciates that because, you know, the original, the last big number was 120 million with the whole package. We said we can't take the whole package. It's just not doable. So. Uh, from the perspective of the future phases that will hopefully come with that facility around it. It's really, it's really challenging because we know this is taxpayers' money. There is a potential tax increase once it's operational. But what we weight that against is the economic growth of our city. We've had some great announcements recently. The renewable diesel refinery is a huge step in the right direction. Uh, there's rumors about a, a little retail store being built in the city that might draw about 210,000 people to our city on a regular basis. You know, things like that, those are all the positives. And I'm sure, you know, after talking with the president of Sonovas today and hearing from him, Sonovas is not done in this community with the, what they do and what they do well. They refine oil, they make asphalt, they produce oil. And those are all items that are interest in our community. So I think that we're going to continue to see Sonovas play a huge role, and that's what the president said. We're not here for one decade. We're here for hopefully the next eight plus decades. I know people are waiting for a Costco hot dog, but they might have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, time frame wise, and keep in mind, the Civic Center is an aging facility. Uh, it's probably up against the clock right now to before it's, I don't want to say condemned, but before you have to put more money into it just to keep it operating. But what's the time frame right now for now the hub? So the hub was originally scheduled for two years from construction and will hopefully break ground in the next couple months. It will be this fall sometime. So the question is, when will it be done? I'd like to say two years from the start of construction. Again, there's all sorts of things come into play. Weather, supply, supply chain. <laughs> That's a whole different issue. So we will be working very closely with PCL Construction. And remember, they brought in Bexon as a, as a partner on this project so that we encourage local subcontractors. Because Bexon's got a long history in this community and worked with a lot of subcontractors. They'll be able to pull their resources and, and work that way. So I won't give you a firm date today when we can expect to, that the, the arena and the facility will be open. But and I'll also say this, as long as we can, we'll keep the Civic Center open to keep ensure the safety of the people that are on the ice, off the ice, in the stands, in the building. But it does have a limited time, a lifespan. That's why we're doing this. There's no question there's a limited lifespan. So there's some, there's some, some matters that have to be managed here very carefully. In the immediate future, what is next? Breaking ground? 
basically they, uh, our team is working with PCL, the architect, and they're finishing up uh, drawings, going back and forth, and making sure that, because that's one of the crucial things. Once we start, we don't want to have change orders. So let's get it done right the first time at the front end. I would rather be a month later doing construction than having a half dozen to a dozen or more change orders because we missed that. So our teams are working really closely together. It, it's a process. And people say, well, weren't you there at that point? The city council had decided that we, and stated very publicly that until we knew that we were getting grant money, we weren't moving this project ahead. So everything literally just stopped. And we weren't sure what we were building. People can say, well, you guys always were planning two sheets. Yes, we were, two ice surfaces. But had the grant funding not come along, and we'd be sitting here talking about what uh, the uh, Sonovas Energy Hub might look like, it could have been one sheet of ice. Could have been a big rink, but it, or could have been two small rinks. Like, nothing was decided. So this has now got momentum in moving things forward again and moving forward. You mentioned the water treatment plant as being the biggest project. I know you lost sleep over that. I still lose a little bit of sleep because <laughs> it's uh, we're in the commissioning phase, and uh, when administration looks at me and laughs and says, "Well, we could open the first of December to meet the federal government's requirements, or maybe we could wait till the 31st of December and see if they're actually going to take the uh, take the mayor to court and uh, go, potentially go to jail and a million dollar a day fine." I really don't want to go there, and I don't think they do either. But it's coming along very well. Uh, the cartridges, the major component of the process, and that's and that's what's interesting. Uh, there's some great stuff on uh, video uh, on YouTube and LinkedIn that talk about the, the, the items that are going in right now, and they've got it full of water. Everything's being tested. Then they'll swing in the wastewater. But you, there's a step. It's no different than you know when just talking about Sonovas. You don't literally just stick oil into a plant that's been constructed and hope it all works. There's a commissioning process and going through that. And that's where we're at with the wastewater treatment plant. Again, stay tuned. They're working at it. They want to get it wrapped up and turn it over operationally as soon as they can so the job is finished. I was just going to say it kind of it goes from one headache to another. But Well, um, you know, the, I, I'll say this. In my second term with many men, uh, similar councillors that got elected in 2016, we haven't quite caught the break that we were hoping to have a couple of years of uh, coasting along and just uh, dealing with the day-to-day -day tax issues and, and dog issues and other issues that come up. But, you know, that's what makes this job very, very interesting. I told the grade five class today, classes from St. Joseph's, that no two days are the same in the job at City Hall. And coming from the oil sector, coming from the energy sector, Sonova steps up today and makes this huge contribution. We cannot overlook how important that sector is in so many different aspects in our community, including sport and culture. There's no question, if you look back at the history, and I'm not a history buff yet of Lloydminster, I'm still getting caught up. The uh, archives are really good at giving me books that I try and get read through. My wife's doing a better job on that than I am. But, you know, oil, as I know, when the, the upgrader was built, it changed this city forever. The refinery was here, and there was other refineries and the shingle plants and the use. But the old-timers tell me, come October, things got pretty quiet in this city. And then come April, everybody back in the field again. And it was hell-bent for leather. But it really, 
you know, the, uh, the, the upgrader changed this city. It changed the industry, period. Progressive cavity pump came along. All of a sudden, we had massive increases in production. But it also brought uh, technology challenges, which local people developed technology to deal with those local challenges. So it put us on the map again. And, you know, we'll, every company out there plays a vital role in this city. You just have to go and watch the trucks drive out of this town between 6 and 8 o'clock in the morning. Be it service trucks, be it uh, fluid haulers, they're going 24-7. You've got operators going out. You've got trains. And, you know, you look around the businesses in this community, in the industrial park, they're tied to energy. They may have diversified themselves a little bit because they've had to look after their, their people during slow times. But we're exporting parts around the world out of this city and the technology. So that's terrific. And I think that's something to be really proud of in this city. Thanks, Gerald. And My I, pleasure. And I don't know, do you see any stain yet on that shirt? You're not, you're not taking part in this, are you? Uh, I haven't yet, Bucky, but I was just kind of curious, how is uh, the name the stain going? I, but you got to say it like this, name that stain. Name that stain. There we go. Name that stain. <laughs> there you go. know, that's a, that's a new chat, and do, I, do, I wonder maybe you can get some sponsorship don't, for don't, these. Don't, don't encourage them. Do not <laughs> we should have checked with Sonovas today to see if they wanted to sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bucky, there I didn't bring you a shirt. You think the Sonova's Hub is popular? Hey, we got something even bigger. What a Bucky shirt. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Gerald. Thanks Appreciate very much, guys. Thanks for the invitation. How do you even know where to start when you're thinking about something as big as a career change? Well, it starts with a call to Jetstream Personnel Consulting. Jetstream will help you get your resume up to date, and they work with local companies looking for local people just like you. Visit their website at jetstreampersonnel.com, or better yet, give them a phone call, 780-808-5736. And if you're a local company and you're looking for people and you're looking to fill positions and you're tired of going round and around, call Jetstream Personnel Consulting and get it done right. 780-808-5736. Take a break and be right back with our friend Pete Lubardius in just a moment. How can you help support the oil and gas industry and jobs in Western Canada? The answer is closer than you think. Sell your scrap metals to PWM Steel. PWM sells scrap iron to Evraz, located in Regina. Evraz's number one customer is the energy sector, building pipes and plates for the oil and gas industry. PWM Steel is your locally owned metal recycler and steel service center in the area. Plus, they're a strong supporter of the community. PWM Steel, your top steel supplier for Alberta and Saskatchewan for 40 years. He is a friend of the show, and he joins us uh, from uh, Mississauga, Ontario. But uh, you know him uh, with his uh, time with the Calgary Flames, of course, and uh, he's a legendary broadcaster in these parts. Everybody knows him. Pete Lubardius joins us uh, here on the Tuesday Night Sports Show. Pete, it's great to see you again. How much hockey did you uh, take in this winter? <laughs> well, between the Flames and a great company that I've become involved with called HN Live, a streaming company. Um, I should have sat down, Kurt, and actually put down the numbers. But I know that I'm over 200 games calling. So I have to be in the 300 plus when it comes to watching and being at. So when you're when you're doing all that play by play, so you on a, on a night off, you're going to a rink, and, and you're watching some hockey. I was at a rink every night. 
I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I had three nights, maybe no more than a week, where either I was doing a game or attending a game or attending three games, depending <laughs> on the time, the place, the circumstance. So you know, when when in in the gig when you know Sportsnet came and said, "Well, radio isn't traveling anymore." Uh, I had a, a decision to make, and it's one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. Um, because as you guys, and you've both known me for a long time, especially Greg, and I got into this business almost 40 years ago because I love sports. I love going to games. I, I, I always say I never met a game I didn't like, certainly to be at. Um, so it was great. And I've met so many awesome people. I love watching kids in all sports, kind of when they get in that 15 or 16 year old wheelhouse, uh, that's always mattered a lot to me. So it's, it's been awesome. I either had a choice. Was I going to sit and sulk that we weren't traveling, which I knew was coming anyway, um, or I could do something somewhat productive. So it's, it's been one of the best decisions I've made and, and I've really enjoyed it. You know, there's a guy going around from CFL Stadium to CFL Stadium trying to set a Guinness World Book of Records. Did you ever think about looking into that? Like, you might have set something here, Peter. No. No, I don't I don't, I don't think so. Um, but I, I will say this. Um, I know that for whatever reason, I don't really get why, uh, but people do seem to get a kick, you know, and I'm not a big social media guy. You guys know that. Um but people do seem to be quite fascinated about how I show up in all these different places all the time. So um, I think they feel like I have the greatest thing going in the world. Well, truth of the matter is one of the reasons that I spend a lot of time at Rinks in part is because I'm so separated from whether it's my son in Edmonton or my wife and stepdaughter. And, you know, so, yes, I love the rink. Yes, I've never been a homebody my whole life and, and never will be. Just ask my wife. I'm not capable of much of anything. We've made it together now for 12 years, which is about 12 longer than anybody really should. Um, but no, I uh, long story short, I don't think I've set any records. Well, let's let's get into it with the Calgary Flames, uh, Pete, because we're hearing as many as 10 players want out of Calgary. Does that surprise you, or did you see this coming? No, I didn't see it coming. I, I certainly didn't see it coming after what I thought was going to potentially settle things down, and that was, you know, the removal of Daryl Sutter, even though I knew for a fact, and so many things on the outside and listen I'm, I'm a part of helping to create what goes on in the outside with the flames but i try to do it in the most informed um people type delivery that i can so what i've come to learn guys is i knew that room was fractured and i knew what was a big significant part of it and there's no doubt that's been that's been confirmed but there's obviously a lot more to it. But I will say this, um, and I've been on shows now three days in a row being asked this question. Let's kind of wait and see 
how all this thing kind of settles in. Because I'm not sure there's 10 guys that really want to leave. Do I think potentially there could be four or five? And even those, let's understand this too. Because I don't hear this in the media. Guaranteed in a lot of cases, we always want to group things together. But you could have five different guys who want to leave right now where it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what the other person might be thinking about. What point are they in their career? Where are they with their family? Um, have they just stopped and assessed? Okay, we've done this, this, this. Like Tyler Toffoli, okay? Tyler Toffoli really prospered under Daryl. Was his coach for a long time. Daryl had a lot of trust in him, a lot of faith. You never heard anything bad out of Daryl's mouth about Tyler Toffoli. And, you know, he had his best ever individual year. He goes to the world championships. He helps Captain Canada to another gold medal. You know, him and his wife are out vacationing. And at a certain point in time, as you guys know, when we get to be 33 or 34, he's won a couple Stanley Cups. Or he's won one Stanley Cup. Um, you know, you're trying to put yourself in the best position for you, your family, and all of it. So, yes, do I think there's lots of reasons why it's tied? Absolutely. I don't, I don't really think it's 10. I really don't, but maybe it is. Because the truth is, I can try and tell you that I know. I don't. Because I don't have intimate relationships, really, with guys, and on purpose. They don't want to have them with me. I don't want to have them with them. How much pressure is on Craig Conroy? Keep in mind what happened last year with Matt and Johnny. They, they don't want to lose him for pretty well. Well, they did get a good trade out of Florida, but they don't want to lose, you know, potentially the, one of those 10 players for nothing. Craig, I, I want to kind of change the narrative on this whole thing. I think, I think pressure in all aspects is everything you make it. So let's just say 10 guys or seven guys want to leave. You can't change that at this point. You know what you can change? You can change the direction of your team. You can acquire assets. And you can be realistic and really start to absolutely be committed to what your new reality is. Because if you're spending a lot of time trying to convince people to stay, you've got the wrong people. And does that mean that it's going to come with some heartache and pain until it gets figured out? Yeah, it does. But do you really want to win? Yes. So many teams, and again, I'm not paying the bills, but I'm reminded that while we look at owners or we look at GMs and we look at why things happen in sports, we don't think a lot about who's paying the bills. And who's really responsible for the direction of everything to go? And the hardest part is, for successful, big-money people, they don't like to lose. They don't like to hear the word no. Because in their own business lives, generally away from sports, is how they build their fortunes. Because you really don't necessarily build them in sports unless you're Jerry Jones and, and certain others. It's usually with great business to put you in these positions, do you run it the same way there as you do over there? 
And so the Calgary Flames are a perfect example. Do you know why you're in the middle forever? Because that's how you play the game. You're committed to being in the middle. You're always trying to get better. But what are you really committed to? And you can't do it halfway. You can't. You can't. But in saying that, I'll throw this back out at you, both of you, who have utmost respect for, you've been around sports and it's mattered and it's been your life for your whole lives. See, fans always tell me they can live with a rebuild. Really, you can, can you? I'm not always convinced. And I'm not necessarily convinced in Calgary where people already have a tendency not to show up and fill the stands. So if I'm Murray Edwards, I'm caught as the owner. Because I don't necessarily want nine and 10,000 people showing up every night for the next four years until we get it right. But that's probably, guys, what you have to do. If indeed, and we don't know yet, if this is true about potential exodus. Now, do I read too much into this? Because in another team that's potentially going through this right now are the Winnipeg Jets. The things that they have in common, both Canadian teams, both Western mm -hmm. Canadian teams. Now, do we read too much into that, that it's getting tougher and tougher for Western Canadian teams and Canadian teams to sign some of these players and they don't want to play here and they want to play elsewhere? Thus, Matt, thus, Johnny. You're not reading too much into it. You're not. And although I will say this, like everything else, I don't want to generalize. There are still lots of people that want or at least think they can embrace being on Canadian teams and Canadian markets. But you know what the truth of the matter is? They're not built for it. And you know how I know that? Because most of us in our own daily lives are not built for the negativity and what goes on on the outside. We're not built for it. Sorry. We have a whole world that is showing us right now we're not built for what's going on on the outside. And they aren't built for it. Because in a lot of cases, the truth of the matter is, and here is my social media message to both of you and your viewers and listeners. If you go on social media looking for the good stuff, you better be prepared for the bad. And if you can't sort that out and forget about they don't read it and they don't hear it, bullshit with a capital B. Because if they're not, they're getting it from a friend, family member. And as we know, by the time second and third hand information gets to us, it's not always analyzed the best way. It has never been harder on people to play in Canadian markets. It's never been harder to be in the spotlight in our world than it is today. But if you're going to go there and you want it for the lifestyle and the money and all that it allows you to do, then who's asking some of these guys or who's instructing some of these guys with the message that I just talked about? Because it's important. And it will swallow you. And I know. Because I'm a sensitive, caring, invested person. And I know my own self. I have a tendency. I can read 10 great things about me. 
on social media. But that one person who says they're not a fan or I'm no good or this guy's useless or we should throw him to the toilet, that's where my mind goes. So I have to get better at doing that. And they need to get better at embracing what they have rather than and, and you know what sorry i'm not going to finish because i am going to finish it this way the mistake that pro sports people make and i get it there's snowballs coming like we used to have snowball fights with our buddies but it was two on two or three on three or one on one now we got snowballs coming at you from everywhere we can't defend ourselves they can't defend themselves from all the outside noise but I've lived in a media world where, by and large, I think athletes are taught that we are the enemy. We're not the enemy. But if you treat us poorly, like everybody else, if, if I say to Kurt or I say to Greg, people, this guy's a jerk and this guy's a jerk and I don't like him and I don't believe in what he says, you know what he's going to say about me? Bad things. They are taught to put a wall up. And then they turn around and they're mad because we don't know our ass from a hole in the ground. Well, maybe start spending a little bit more time trying to educate rather than pat yourself on the back for how much smarter you are than everybody else. And I've seen both. So I wanna be crystal clear about that too. I have worked with some of the most beautiful, caring, invested coaches and players that this business has to offer. But since social media came along, it's hard on the good people even. Are you, a, are you excited about the draft uh, tomorrow night? Do you, uh, do you have a, a consensus, uh, Pete, of, of who goes after Bedard? Because we know he's going to go number one. That's, you know, it'll be his night. But uh, who's number two in your mind? Well, I think it's it's pretty easy, at least for me, to get to two and three. And that would be Adam Fantilli, who just helped Canada win a World Junior. He won the Hobie Baker at the University of Michigan. You know, he was part of Canada's winning effort in the Men's World Championship. Great speed, good size, has all the tools. So I would definitely think that Anaheim's going there. And then after that, I think it's Swedish centerman Leo Carlson, who... I love when I watch, and, and, and Greg, you've done it a ton. I think we all like to play evaluator. Greg, you've just done it for real. Um, I've kind of done it for real at times. But I've seen great progression in Carlson, um, great size, smart, sees people around him. It's going to take a little while, but those are the top three. Now, where it goes after that could be very interesting. And what makes it interesting is what the heck's going to happen with Matvey Michkov from Russia? <laughs> yeah, he might be. I, I know that it sounds like the, the Capitals are interested, and there's going to be potentially teams training up to get him. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And that's what's going on right now in Nashville, where my dear friend Sam Cosentino will be a big part of Sportsnet's draft coverage. And I uh, ask everybody to watch and listen to him and Jason Bukala. I think they've done a great job the last couple of years in that neighborhood. Um, you know, here's a young man whose father 
was killed about a year ago. Found him in a pond in the backyard. We don't need to get into political things, but you're, you're dealing with a lot. And I will tell you this, because of what's happened in Russia, I have not seen almost any of his games the last couple of years. I think I watched one game this year on video when he was playing in the K um, for Sochi after he got moved from St. Petersburg. But I do know this at the U21 at the U18 tournament in 2021 in Texas, I could have made an argument that Michkov might've even been ahead of Bedard coming out of that tournament in Texas. And they were certainly like this. So he can score. He has great offensive acumen and attributes. I don't hear the best things about him personally, but in all sincerity, how could you blame him? Yeah. Now, how much was that trade that Chicago made had to make to bring Taylor Hall into Chicago just to have, if you look at the Blackhawks lineup, who's a kid going to play with? At least you're going to have Taylor Hall. Well, it's really important, really important. And, you know, that's the other thing we we've talked about rebuilds or reloads a little bit until I went off in my usual tangents. Um, but what is really important when you go through the process that people don't always value enough is you have to have the right type of veterans. It's really important to insulate your good young people with veterans who can not only keep up on the ice, but as much off the ice. So yes, for Mr. Bedard to have a pretty talented guy in his own right in Taylor Hall to play with, maybe he plays with him and Kubalik. Um, you know, you want to allow young people to be successful because even the greatest people in the world at their craft can lose their way and lose their confidence if you don't surround them and support them the right way. So, yeah, I think it was, I think it was really good. And even fellas, you won't find a nicer person and a better man in hockey than Nick Foligno. The Foligno family is like, they're awesome. I would, I would hire Nick Foligno on my team of any kind every day of the week. So that's going to be an important piece too. Maybe equally, if not more important than the other part. So we touched on a lot of great things. Got your feedback on so many things on Pete. Great to have that. Lastly, let's have a little fun at the end. You, you got to go back to your Stampede Wrestling like I always ask you. Yeah, you uh, do. Maybe, sure. maybe, maybe sum up what Stu Hart, the late great Stu Hart, thinks of the NHL draft tomorrow. Greg. First of all, I don't want to offend any of the hearts because I know them and, and I love them. Um, but uh, what I would say is a lot like uh, a lot like our uh, stable in the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, it's deep. It's deep. There's a lot of dynamite kid and uh, Brett, of course, and Owen and Bruce and uh, Davy Boy Smith, and it's 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 a deep. It's 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 a deep class. Pete, Thanks. would you would Pete would you survive the dungeon at Stu Hart's? Not a chance. <laughs> None of us would. Nobody. I wouldn't Nobody enter it. I, w- I wouldn't enter it. Buck, Buck would Buck would be huffing and puffing, just walking down the stairs. 
Well, and as would I. I remember <laughs> quickly, I remember when I was working at CFRN in Edmonton, yeah. one of my favorites was Graham Neal. And Graham, and I think Stu was about 80 or 81. So Graham went to Calgary, went to the dungeon to do a little story at the Hart Mansion. And there was Stu, 81 years old. And at one point, poor Graham's lips are, hey, Graham, are you okay? Poor Graham's lips are turning blue by the time, you know, Stu's got him in the stretch. Who's the assignment editor for that? (laughs) Graham, we're going to send you to the dungeon. I loved every single second of it. I know that. Thanks, Peter. Really appreciate it. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me as always. At Diamond 7 Meats, we work with local farm families to provide a high-quality product and a great selection for you. Try our mouth-watering Smokies, pulled pork, roast beef, and more. Made pure and natural with no additives or fillers. We offer custom processing, and our experienced team works for you to provide a selection of sausage, burgers, and jerkies made to your specifications. Take your grilling to the next level with a Yoder Smoker. Complete the grilling experience with a Canadian-made, award-winning line of House of Q barbecue sauces. We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. Well, we want to thank Pete Lubardius, we want to thank Jorgen Hoos, and we especially want to thank Mayor Gerald Elbers for coming down today and taking some time on a very busy day, on a huge day today, to visit with us here at the Canadian Brew House, where it's Talk About Tuesday. So we've got great deals on tacos. here too, by the way. Our service was incredible here tonight. Just absolutely amazing. And no stain that we can find yet. I don't know how this happened, but I'll share this with you. I came back after wagons and Wainwright on the weekend. I had a stain in the back of my shirt. Probably a grease stain. Probably popped the pimple. <laughs> rubbed the against something you shouldn't have rubbed against. Oh, I popped the pimple. Oh. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> Listen, uh, we got uh, Blue Jays on the big screen right now. They're down one nothing, but they're threatening. And uh, we've got CFL football here on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Canadian Bros. The patio is open. There we go. love coming down, and we especially loved our service tonight. Wait, can you scratch my back for a second? Uh, no, I'll, I'll pass on that. But uh, we'll be back again in July here at the Canadian Bros. I don't know when, but somewhere in July. <laughs> Sometime in July, we'll <laughs> let Cord know we're coming, and we'll be here at the Canadian Bros. where we just... Yeah, Cord, uh, by the way, we were here tonight. Absolute. Uh, uh, blast but uh thanks for watching i'll catch you tomorrow morning brayden king is on the show he's going to be performing at canada day here in lloyd mister with jordan pollard and so he's going to join us live tomorrow morning 11 o'clock we're back at the new lloyd mister nissan where if you need a vehicle we have lots new and pre-owned car truck suv we're loaded up right now, especially with our Mottas. And if you're looking for one, we'll put you in touch with a real good salesman. Not broken down guys know, like this, know, but young guys who can walk out to the vehicle we, with you. We won't sell you a car. We'll help you buy one. Talk to you tomorrow morning.